Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shameless Fitness Podcast. It's really hard to believe that we're at episode, nearly at episode 50. And I've got an amazing guest booked in for that to celebrate that. So this week is episode 47. I'm so so excited for this one. This is my first two-on-one uh, episode that I'm recording. Uh, it is with the fittest, two of the fittest people in Ireland, I would go as far as to say. Got Emma McQuaid and Mickey Smith, who are two CrossFitters who have recently come back from the games, and they're re- they're trying to cross qualify for the next games. Um, so Emma is the twenty first fittest woman on earth, uh, first Irish woman to qualify for the games, and Mickey is the twenty sixth fittest man on earth, and the co owner of uh, a CrossFit gym as well. So guys, thank you so much for coming on today. No problem. No problem. Thanks. Uh, so guys. I don't know who's going to go first. Whatever way you want to go first, tell us your story and how you both got into CrossFit. Um, I just got in through trying to get fit for quad racing. And that was my original sport before I, I obviously got into CrossFit. So I was just in a global gym over in America because I was out riding the quad over there for my off-season. Um, and yeah, just seeing some girls like kipping. And I was like, wow, that looks pretty cool. I was like, well, I want to do that. And ask her to join in the CrossFit class, and the the coach that was taking the class said, "If you come tomorrow morning, like I think it's like six or six thirty, says you can do it." And I got my ass handed to me by like other girls, which I'm not used to getting beat by females as such. Um, so I was fuming, and basically came home. Took me a few months to find a CrossFit gym once I came home from America, and joined CrossFit 20. Stayed there for four years and. Uh, yes, basically haven't looked back from there. And yourself, Mickey? Yeah, um, I found it whenever I was at university down in Belfast. I think I came across like a YouTube video of the 2014 Games highlights. It's like, what is this wizardry? So Google CrossFit boxes in Belfast and I popped Reebok CrossFit Northern Ireland. So I was like playing Gaelic football at the time and um, just uni. So I went down to try it out one evening and taken through a few one-on-one sets. Basically, you could do an on-ramp course or three one-on-ones and me being stubborn, I had to do the three one-on-ones to get stuck straight in. So, got my ass handed to them and jumped into the classes and it was just a competitive environment uh, within it that made me stick at it then for the past four years now, coming on five years. And do you find it much different from kind of the being a solo sport compared to the team sport of the GAA? Yeah, well, like, you're more accountable for what you do um, in CrossFit in comparison to a team sport. But um, at the same time, as the sport's now developed over the years, there's more and more opportunities to compete as part of a team. So you still get that um, team vibe as well, you know. Amazing. Um, and we're talking briefly off air about the CrossFit Games and stuff like that. How was that? And have you both come down from it? Because it was mental. And the support you guys got was crazy as well. Yeah. Like, the support from the Irish like, CrossFit community was... I didn't even think we had that many people in Ireland doing CrossFit. It was crazy. Like, I, there was hundreds and hundreds of messages. And, like, it was just unbelievable. Um just looking at your phone every other day and you just had repost, repost. So it was really cool, the support that we got. Um, and then obviously, like, um, Phil 150 were really kind and give away a Concept 2 bike. And, you know, myself, Mickey and Army got, got a good bit of funding to help towards her travel through that, which was, again, incredible. 
Um, so thank everyone that obviously bought tickets for that and supported us that way. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was awesome to go over there and obviously like to walk out onto the to the field with Mickey holding the flag. That was definitely one of the proudest moments for me anyway in sport. Um, so that was really cool. Um, but after afterwards, I took two weeks off um, and then took like a kind of recovery week leading back into training. So for me, having three weeks off definitely kept my mind fresh going into um, the Open. I would say if I didn't take that time off, I definitely would. Uh, I don't think I'd be doing the Open, to be honest, like if I didn't. So I mentally wasn't really ready going into this Open. Um, so we were just planning on taking one workout at a time. And it's obviously worked quite well that way because probably my best open to date. Um, and I, I was kind of expecting to be my worst open to date. It's just going on how I felt. Yeah, no, you're, so, you're smashing it so far, um, big time. Um, and like, what's the what would you say is kind of the difference between, say, say Claire Toomey on the female side, um, and then the male side, the kind of the top guys compared to kind of the rest, and what makes them stand out? compare from the rest of the competitors apart from being uh, freaks it's getting closer and closer now every year yeah yeah you know, you, you, when you look at uh, the videos on youtube and stuff it does you know put a magnifying glass over them guys but when you're you're actually there competing you can see people are a lot more closer or closer on the same par you know and um, like for me for example and say i'm gonna say the same you once you arrive you, you think oh like these are all the best athletes in the world and you know you you don't have much expectations for yourself but after the first one or two workouts you soon realize that you're well within and can you know do just as well if you put your mind it yeah and that- yeah I, I, this is mickey said like i understand agree like I set a small goal this year, well, not small, it's big, but uh, like a personal goal for the Open. I said to my coach, I was like, I'd love to get top three in one workout in the Open. Because um, I always believed I was good enough, but you kind of needed that right workout, like, you know, as you know. And um, the first workout, uh, I did it on the Friday, and I did it with the cleaning jerks instead of snatches, and I was like nine minutes or something. And I was like, oh, that was terrible. Like, it was so slow. And my partner, David, actually gave me a proper pep talk uh, we were in the gym on the Saturday evening. And he was just like, he says, this is your time to win a workout. If you want to win, he's like, just prove. He says, either have or you don't. And I was like, well, well, I'll freaking prove to you. I was like, I'm going to win this workout. Um, because it was just grunt work. And I was like, well, this is, if I don't take this opportunity now, I'm probably never going to win an open workout in my life. So I put all chips in and I was like, if we blow up, a blow up, it's going to go full send, see what happens. Um, and then obviously, like, I got two penalties, which that, like, that happens. My head was above the bar on one of the burpees and then I got a false start for bending down before the clock said go. So I got 14 second penalty, but to still win by a small margin even with penalties was pretty awesome. So that that gave me the confidence going into week two, three, four, five that I actually can compete with the best in the world. Um, and that gave me a really good, uh, like just a good boost of confidence. Um, like they are beatable um, sort of thing. Um, obviously in given workouts, they're, they're, they're obviously a wee bit further ahead, but they, there is workouts where, as Mickey said, like, they are beatable, and um, so it's quite nice whenever you do actually beat 
beat them as such. And like with with the games, you've no idea what some of the workouts are or any of the workouts are. How do you prepare for the unknown? Like with with the workouts and stuff. Like you don't. <laughs> Mickey's just like shaking his head. <laughs> yeah. uh, like me and myself and Mickey leading into the games, like we. We were up at 7 o'clock out of Camel Lake and did double unders, paddleboard, kayak, swimming. Like, we did loads of different workouts. Uh, Army came up. Um, we did, like, gymnastics with barbell and running and just cr- kind of tried to... You just have to make it up and try and do as much variation of every kind of workout in every different situation that you can and put yourself up against the likes of Mickey and have Army there. And, like, I had the guys there across the berserk you know, go against me in certain workouts and um, you just trying to have to, like, you had Emmett. Yeah. Um, just trying to push and just trying to do as much variations of every kind of combination that you can. And what was the work, what was the worst workout from the games? The paddleboarding looked grim. I'm not going to lie. That oh, was... well, unfortunately we didn't get to play that far, but <laughs> <laughs> I would have been happy enough. Um, I don't know. The rock run was pretty grim, yeah. you know, yeah. definitely. But for me, the, the Miri with the pistols was the worst because you're just you're against the best in the world, and if you're just gonna be, you're gonna get exposed. In some one of your weaknesses, that's where it's gonna happen. Yeah. So 160, 170 yeah. pistols. You don't belong getting found out. I can barely do one, so I'm gonna leave that to you guys. Um, uh, this talk of like people, a lot of people. One of the questions that kind of came in through the Q and A that I put up on Instagram was how you guys deal with setbacks. I know you've spoken about it before, Emma, on previous podcasts. I released, I listened to one doing research for this about your setback with your accident. How did you kind of bounce back to this to become like the the CrossFit superstar that you are now? Um, like I probably never would have been in CrossFit only for. Um, David's David's accident um, uh, back in 2014 he got hurt um, so yeah probably, I'd probably still be racing the quad bike only for, for him kind of thing um, but like from my start of CrossFit I've had knee surgery within the first year um, I decided to play a rugby match my coach said you're stuck at running uh, and I was like well I'm going to start playing rugby because clearly you do loads of running uh, and I did my SCL MCL S- LCL uh, and tore meniscus in the first rugby match <laughs> so that was me out automatically for nine months within the first two months of starting CrossFit um, so then came back obviously bounced back from that then had shoulder surgery um, then had shoulder surgery um, and then obviously that was just a terrible movement obviously from being on a quad bike for 20 years going into snatching and muscle-ups and stuff um, and probably just uh, overlooking the movement side of things and just kind of thinking you're superhuman and you don't need to warm up. Um, so again, like both those injuries were just through bad movement quality. Um, and then for me, it was just like, right, this is a wake-up call to actually like, correct movement and an opportunity to become better. Um, so for me, I took it as an opportunity to be better versus like a setback as such. That's that's a really really nice way of thinking about it. And Mickey, you were talking about kind of that your qualifying potentially isn't going as well as you'd like. What's yeah. what have you taken anything from this and what you've learned from it or anything like that? Or how are you going to change yeah, things? Well, I suppose uh, coming off the back of the games, the 
first thing you're thinking about is qualifying again. You want to basically qualify through the same route you did last year. And straight away after the first workout, I finished, I think I finished maybe 49th in Ireland. So I knew I'd blown the chances. Um, the previous year it happened to Sam Stewart, workout one, he came 40th or something. And yeah, once, once you've already put 40 points beside your name, it's very hard to pull it back, especially when your accumulation of points last year was maybe 15 points, which was all your five scores added together. And you're, if you're already sitting on 40 after one workout, you know what's not going to happen. So, yeah, I had to take a step back and decide now what's what's the options for the rest of the season. So I'm going to obviously hit the sanctional events. Um, I've got an opportunity now with the 50-150 giving me an invite after the games there. So 50-150, I'm going to try and push to finish as close to the podium as I can and hope that you can get a qualifying spot through that. Obviously, there's a lot of big names being invited over, so it's going to be challenging, especially with the top 30 that actually qualified for the 50 as well. So it'll not be easy, but I would actually prefer doing sanctional events or in a competition scenario rather than you know the open-style scenario where you're doing it in your own gym or in your garage or whatever it is. Just feel like there's actually more pressure there than there is in somewhere like championship situation where you can go at it and not hold back and do you guys find it hard to recover because the the workouts are fairly intense you guys train like lunatics your nutrition and all that and your sleep and all the recovery has to be on point and as we're talking there was a big load of food on the table and stuff like that but how like how is your recovery in, in between sessions and stuff stuff like that as well and your training and the nutrition sleep yeah. all that kind of stuff well yeah well that's it you know um, it's a new business me and Emmett have only opened we're only open about two years now and we, it's just been crazy since we opened we've been expanding constantly every year nearly on the year we've taken another unit or expanded into another room so obviously as, as big as getting to the games all is for me I have to think about the business as well so I'm trying to grow that at the same at the same time, but uh, Emma's just sort of nearly mastered her schedule. It's just something that I need to work on. It's actually making my schedule better for me training wise. But at the minute, it's it's just uh, managing between the gym and personal training sessions as well. So it's you're talking. You're in the gym every morning anyway from six a.m. and then you do get a few hours in the middle of the day for your training and eating, but. You're, you basically don't leave the place till maybe at 30 at night by the time all the classes finish up. And it's, it's like that maybe four or five nights a week. You get the odd few early nights, which is good. But yeah, um, 
yeah, burning the candle from both ends at the minute, like definitely. Uh-huh. But with a bit of luck, you know, we have plenty of good coaches and stuff, so maybe they can take on more hours um, coming into the later part of the season and they can focus more on these sanctional events and, you know, get the recovery that, that's necessary. And how does the training and the nutrition and stuff like that side of things differ from the off season to the on season? Is there a huge difference or do you guys have an off season even? You seem to be always on the go. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's mostly all the same year round, you know. You, you change the intensities and the volumes, obviously, but it seems to be all the same. Yeah, but like, I would, I would say it'd be quite strict in schedule, schedule and rest um, periods in. Um, so like after Filthy 150, that's me. Like as soon as Filthy One's over on the Sunday, that's me for three weeks full rest. Um, I'll not step back into the gym um, until the 15th of December um, is my plan. So like the, those three weeks, like I'll enjoy and have, I'll not drink a lot, but I'll have a couple of drinks. I'll probably eat pizza every single day and have pasta. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I don't really care. Like I'll probably gain a couple of pounds and I'll lose fitness, but it works for me. I can't mentally stay on the whole time. Um, I just, I just, I tried it a few years ago, and I am, ended up getting really ill. Um, trying to stay on all the time. Um, I'm trying to stay strict in my diet because, like, I do love pasta, pizza, and, like you, you know, you're a human at the end of the day. Um, so I don't I think if you're if you're constantly on and don't allow yourself the luxuries, um, you will burn out a lot quicker. Um, so for me, like I always schedule the rest periods, and like I've got a holiday and stuff booked for after Filthy One Fifty, just to get away, get into the sun, relax, chill out. Like I'll probably swim every other day, but like I'm not loading, doing gymnastics or barbell movements. And like, uh, so. and you talk about switching off and stuff like that. You guys have it looks like from the outside anyway, because you both have amazing partners and you both have like an amazing inner circle. Can you guys yeah. guys kind of go into a little bit more details of how kind of important it is for you guys to have that inner circle to kind of stay grounded for one and to keep you motivated? You've talked about your partner, Emma, kind of like as the motivation, literally saying one sentence to you, like, I'm going to prove you wrong when it comes to a workout. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was kind of the same with the quad bikes. Uh, like, he always used to wind me up. I, I was always a, a slow starter and finished strong in a race, so... He was like, you've kind of, you've brought that through to CrossFit. You start slow and you always finish strong. He was like, he was like, just effing get at it. Um, so yeah, he winds me up a lot, but it's great motivation because obviously we both did our sport together um, for so long for the first eight years of our relationship. Uh, we actually raced against each other. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, he, he always won, which sucked. Um, but I could always smash him in the gym whenever we're training for the quads, but he always had it on the quad. Um, so obviously, now because his accident, he can't do the, the same sport. So he does really push and get behind me and supports me. And if I'm out in the gym on a Saturday evening at 6 o'clock, he'll, he'll just be sitting there with a tin of no-go. He'll, <laughs> he'll drink the no-go and I'll train kind of thing. So um, he, he's great motivation and he's he's a brilliant support for me um, and I know Jenny for Mickey is, is exactly the same yeah I definitely like Jenny's the one that keeps me grounded you know through it all definitely uh, keeps me well fed and um, just actually surprisingly she'd be the one who gives me the confidence in myself that, that I can do well because I've sort of came up through the ranks over the past few years like 
every so often I would doubt myself going, ah, probably not good enough for, to win this or probably not going to win this competition or qualify for the games. It was all the same. Like, I didn't believe that it was going to happen and she'd be like, like, you need to start telling yourself that you can win this. And she's, she was been there through nearly every single competition that I've done since we started going out, you know. So she's been there to... She's been there pretty much since I've started, which is great. So she's definitely the one that gives me the confidence. That's and Emmett in the gym, like, any time he sees that I'm stressed out leading up to the games, or he would always take on more of the workload for me, like, to give me give me the chance, because he knew, like, this was such a big opportunity. And, you know, he obviously seen as well that I had me to do it this year. So, yeah, the two of them, definitely. That's amazing that you guys have kind of the inner circle to keep you motivated. Do you use any kind of external triggers or is there anything that you kind of use? Like, is there a podcast? Is there any books or anyone that you kind of go to for motivation? Or do you literally work, do you work on your mindset at all? Um, I, I would work um, probably like maybe four or five times a year. Um, I would chat with a, a girl just that helps me with, with like the, the head side of things, um, Jennifer Savage, PD's sister, uh, PD Savage's sister, um, I think she's absolutely amazing. Um, I, I find it's helped me, it's just kind of like putting things in the perspective, keeping things simple. You know, sometimes your mind just wanders and nearly does overtime, um, and she just kind of brings you back. It's like, you know, why, what, you know, kind of thing. It just makes it just really, really simple things. Um, so yeah, I think I think it works for me because again, once you're like in that pressure stage, you know, like three four weeks out of a competition, you feel sick. Your left shoulder feels sore. Your right hip feels sore. Your big toe feels sore, and you know you're a lot more sensitive to things that's probably not actually a problem, but it becomes a problem, and um, just through being extra stressed. Um, so usually leading in the competition, I would chat with Jennifer or obviously my coach, Jousey, um, and just kind of brings you back to like the current moment. Um, and it does calm you down a lot. And what about you, Mickey? Yeah, um, I, I sort of get the same sort of advice from uh, my coach, Neil. Like, he would do a lot of the um, work with my head in terms of like leading up to the big competitions. Um, yeah, even last open there, going into the last week, I, as Emma says, like I just had sickness come over me going into the last week, could barely function going into the last workout before the live announcement. And like he just says, take a few days off, go go to the cinema tonight, you know, enjoy your night with Jenny, eat pizza, you know, just calm your whole body down, calm calm yourself down, like you've made it this far and whatnot. So like he would have been a big a big part of the prep talk for me getting the head right but apart from that not a whole pile you know more so just the people around me give me the prep talk anyway yeah. no, cause I know a lot of people kind of potentially use a lot of like audio books and podcasts and stuff like that and that's kind of why I ask a lot of people kind of delve into David, David Goggins mentality which is probably he's like a bit like Marmite some people love him some people hate him um, but like that's that's what kind of people go into uh, but that's interesting that it's kind of mainly the inner circle that kind of give you guys the they kind of kick up the arse when you guys need it. Um, and people have kind of spoken about the pain cave. The pain cave seems to be a big thing with CrossFit. You guys are a little bit tapped. I've done CrossFit once in my life, and that was back in April in Thailand. Uh, and the pain cave is definitely a place. Uh, how do you guys kind of build the mental resilience, or do you guys just kind of go, I'm going to get on with it? Yeah, I think it's 
how much time do you kind of do kind of on the gymnastic side, the strength side, or the various other sides? Like, how do you break down your training with your with your coach and stuff? Uh, like for me, like my coach just looks after it all. Um, obviously, like for me, the biggest focus was to actually get fit. Um, so, like we spent nearly probably our first year was just like on actual fitness. Like I did so much running and like I, I mean it's ridiculous it didn't show the games um the amount of running i done just through the, the weight um but my running from three years ago is like absolutely insane um so like for me the first year we just just got fit so because like i just wasn't fit enough um so we got fit and then it was like right we're fit let's really really dial in the gymnastics um, and then obviously I kind of got exposed last in last year's Open and my worst place finish was the barbell um, which I never expected that to happen ever because uh, obviously that typically would have been a strength for me so like I was really pissed off and angry and uh, you know, just cross in general I was like I should not have been feeling 93 kilo squat cleans kind of thing um, so then but we kind of like chatted, reassessed things with my coach and we just brought in a wee bit more barbell than what we were doing because I think we kind of both took it for granted you're good on a barbell, we don't need to do it as much. Um, so we kind of brought the level of fitness and the gymnastics up but both messed up um, last year and the barbell dropped. Um, I think then this year, obviously now we've just raised, raised the level of everything together. So we... We still, I would say, probably run 10k a week, cycle up to 30k a week, row 5 to 8k a week, ski 5 to 8k a week, um, and then obviously had two to three gymnastics sessions a week between strict and kipping, and then obviously the barbell uh, comes into like different like complexes and stuff together one, two times a week, um, and I think that's because uh, like obviously the part, the same weights in the clean and jerk workout there at the weekend. Uh, last weekend I finished sixth where last year was like hundred and fiftieth or something in the world. Wow. So uh, we brought that we we obviously addressed that. Um so we did. So um, for me it's we kinda try and get it now everything across the board up and down on things. And what about you, Mickey? Um, yeah, like suppose you, in our sport you're basically trying to train everything all the time so there's no you know there's no perfect training plan as Emma said like you have to just work on your weaknesses and get them all up to the same power so for me starting out it was barbell was my biggest weakness and I was always a good runner from the Gaelic background and uh, gymnastics surprisingly just came to me uh, whenever I started the sport maybe not a huge capacity in terms of games level uh, gymnastics capacity but it was definitely there so barbell was a big focus and it sort of became my strength you know over the past three years now dialing it in it's more so anaerobic stuff that real hurt locker as it was exposed in 20.1 with the, uh, 100 barbies and burpees that real hurt locker where you've got really high heart rate for about five to five to nine minutes that's where i was suffering so the the way to train that obviously isn't the most uh joyous way to train you know sitting on a salt bike for intervals and doing real gruesome stuff so that's basically what my training has been about this past while so 
all the fun stuff's been left to the side. <laughs> and would you say, kind of, would you say your favorite? What would your favorite exercise be, and what would your least favorite? Bar like running's obviously just nobody enjoys running. I don't even think the Kenyans enjoy running, but <laughs> I love running. <laughs> Uh, snatch probably the uh, squat snatching or ring muscle ups is my favourite for me um, yeah um, I don't know for me I love parkling <laughs> so uh, parklings and chest force would probably be my two favourite movements uh, and the least favourite movements would probably be uh, assault bike I hate assault bike yeah I, I, I agree with Emma <laughs> Fitness is kind of like one of these things at the minute, and it's 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 great that it's kind of getting more and more exposure. But one of the things that some people don't really do is kind of the mobility side of things. Do you? How much time would you spend on the mobility side of things? Particularly because on TV, particularly with CrossFitters, it can look like you are literally just lifting weights for the sake of lifting weights and not really giving a crap about your bodies. But I know there's an art to it, and I know you guys care. But for some people, from people on the outside, they kind of look that that's kind of the reputation CrossFit can have. How much time do you spend on your mobility? Um, well, like <clears throat> my coach, uh, Jim Chelsea, he's like one of the like movement specialists, as you would say, for the UK. Um, he looks after quite a lot of that side of things. So that's kind of why I went um, to, to him for that because as I said, like with the shoulder and the knee, I got terrible movement, like absolutely probably movement-wise, um, and that's why I got so broke up at the start, because I just kind of like mock strength and just pulled on through, but um, now I would spend at least 60 minutes a day um, on the on the movement side, that's just, just because I have the time um, to do it, and I would prioritise that time versus intensity. Um, so if I only had two hours of the day, I would still spend the hour uh, doing my movement versus doing a workout. I would skip the workout and do the movement just through how injured I was um, back in 2017. That's amazing. Was, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Mickey? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes if you're lucky. You're <laughs> <laughs> A week, right? I do the GAA warm up, it's called. <laughs> Every time I'm under toes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, it is important, it definitely is. Like, um, and uh, I'm this coach's perfect for it because I was getting problems with tendinopathy in my knees, the tendons from uh, pistol squats. And it's just. I went to Chelsea and the, the man's a wizard. Like they did a few wee things in me and uh, said they'd be trying to do it religiously. Now I can't say I've been doing it religiously, but I've done it a wee bit and it definitely helps in terms of improving, you know, your mobility around the joints in terms of, you know, preventing injuries or, or you know, even preventing pain in general. Even a couple of he gave me a couple of hip and ankle things to do already, and he's a hundred times better, you know. 
And you guys have talking you've talked about kind of your off time and making sure that's a priority. Uh, after the games and stuff, Mickey, you were drinking pints and stuff like that. How do you guys kind of balance the drinking the black stuff and then kind of the training and stuff as well? <laughs> My balance, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, no, yeah, it's just, it's the, it's the culture we live in, you know, it's very hard. Um, I give into peer pressure far too easy, that's my biggest problem. But um, I think you, you have to enjoy yourself to a certain extent, you know. You, you, obviously, you can't be extreme on one end or extreme on the other. It has to be balanced in terms of keeping your head right. But, uh, you know... <laughs> if you're if you want to be the best in the world, obviously you have to restrict it quite a lot. You know, Emma would say, you know, how she can go off for a couple of months, and you know, you can see the difference. But then you have to then give yourself that privilege by the end of it all. Where I maybe go off it for a few weeks, myself <laughs> a week, I deserve a pint this week. But uh, that's the difference between you know sitting fifth in the world and sitting maybe thousandth in the world on it, but. Uh, that is the difference, you know. And what about you, yeah, Emma? I would probably, as Mickey says, like, um, it's one or the other. I will, after the games, I have one blowout and I die for two, the rest of my basically two-week rest. Um, so I had a full, full two-week hangover, so my recovery was pretty, pretty, uh, like, rest period was pretty shit because I was in bed sick most of the time. Um, but that's how I would do it. I go all in die and then that's me I don't want to drink again for six months so I think I'll just sicken myself uh, once every six months with alcohol and then that's me finish again so um, yeah I have no notion of taking a drink again after the hangover I had after the games <laughs> What would you guys change from what you did for the last year's games compared to if you, if you guys fingers crossed you will qualify for next year's games what would you change in your training your tr- nutrition or would you just kind of like stick a more, bit more sunscreen on because Irish people in the heat don't work yeah, for me definitely it was the humidity um, just having that wee bit more exposure and uh, going out a bit earlier uh, I spent a good bit of time in Chicago as well and Chicago is a lovely place and all but it's hard to get yourself in the right frame of mind being in Chicago compared to maybe Going up to Madison earlier and getting into some some more game style training. You know, I was in like an air conditioned gym in Chicago training, and it's not the same as being you know maybe outdoors somewhere that has can facilitate a wee bit more of a games like scenario. So yeah, so the first workout, the first two workouts nearly killed me with the heat, and I think like for me being such a good runner, the rock run, I really felt like I should have done better in it. Even though I did okay, you know, came like maybe 25th out of 100 on athletes, but I feel like maybe could have pushed for a top spot in that one. And um, if I had been a bit more exposed to the humidity, you know, it just sort of drains you. Um, but yeah, you, you just never know what they're going to throw at you, so it's hard to know. Yeah, like for me this year, my plan is to go out for the Rogue Invitational in May to Ohio. Um, I'll go out, go out and stay there for a couple of weeks um, in May, do that competition, then come home and then obviously just do the same as what I did this year. I was in Madison for two weeks prior to the games. Um, myself, Sam Briggs, uh, Elliot, Jamie Green and stuff together. We had like a wee mini games camp um, with our coaches and stuff. So um, I probably wouldn't change that. I would just kind of do like a, a big comp, obviously being rogue. And just kind of get used to. I, I don't travel very well, so 
it used to like the traveling, settle, food, competition, and then even the flying home side of it too, you know, affects you because it affects your training and affects your mindset and stuff. So um, that's why I want to put myself in that situation with that long haul flight and just kind of do like a pre-test, pre-games. That's, that's amazing, yeah. Um, so we've kind of got a bit of a Q&A now from Instagram. I got like 50 questions, as I said, to you guys off air. I've probably picked about four or five of them. Uh, so you guys can either take turns or you can both answer them. It's completely up to you. Yeah. You can fight over who's who. Uh, the first one is from Ty Glawless. This is for Mickey. Thoughts on false scores? Confident enough to be honest, you know, um, that's something that whoever approves or like approves or a HQ told me it's a qualifying spot, that's for a cross of HQ to look at and decide on, you know, rather than me. But I know he's a good athlete, so I've competed against him before, but yeah, that's not for me to comment on. It's a very political answer there, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what advice would you give to a 17 or 19 year old starting out in CrossFit? so long in the sport and at that age as well um, I, I believe personally I could be completely wrong in saying this but I think you've got a lot of development um, strength wise um, strength wise and just experience wise to compete against the likes of Mickey um, Army, PD, Sam those kind of guys at that caliber um, you've got a lot of growing to do so just kind of like take your time and by the time you're 21, 22, you'll be that that superstar athlete versus trying to rush things at 17, 18, 19 when you still have a lot of development. Um, you know, like you still have so much like growth and everything to go come through. Um, so just just take your time, have fun, do local comps, um, and I would just say try not to get too serious too soon. Um, that would be my my kind of opinion because it can all go all go tits up as well like if you if you go up like I know for me like whenever I was 15, 16, 17 like I just wanted to be out with my mates and having fun um, and if you kind of deprive yourself of that you're going to go through that stage at some point in your life um, so kind of like have the fun side of things when you're young and then once you hit that 20, 21, 22 like then if it's still in your mind then go all in I love that yeah. I'm Mickey yeah, I totally agree with everything Anna just said there. Yeah, enjoy yourself while you're young. There's plenty of time to develop yourself at a manageable pace rather than trying to rush everything, blowing up and just sickening yourself in the sport, you know. Um, it happens in all sports, you know, people taking people from a young age, pushing them too hard. So this sport's fairly taxing on the body and the mental side of things. So you really do need to take your time with it. Yeah, I love that. That's that's such a simple answer, but I think it's definitely an answer a lot of people need to, especially at that age. And that's anything. That doesn't even mean CrossFit. That's any sport, whether it be GAA like you, Mickey, or quad biking like yourself, or or quad racing, should I say? Um, what would you? What's let's see, uh, Mickey? How do you focus on your nutrition, or do you have someone else to do that for you? Do you get your meals delivered, or do you do it yourself for you, like your or your missus do it for you? Yeah. Um before, beforehand, it would have, you know, I looked after a lot of it myself, apart from, um, I do get my dinners and stuff done for me. At the minute, um, I, I'm on board with Body First Prepped, 
it's a great media company from down south and they're delivering all my lunches for me for the week which is great help because lunch is probably the main one they're good meals I've used them I've used them they're very good so in the morning time yeah I just get all my breakfast and eat before I head to work you know and then they look after lunch and then in the evening time Tracy's kitchen sorts us out Anna's sister brilliant chef she she comes down to the gym with our plates in the evening that's about half five and then by the time we get home at half eight, Jenny has dinner number two ready for me. So, yeah, I'm spoiled. <laughs> uh, and the last question, what would you say to those that think CrossFit is dangerous or can cause a lot more injuries than some other gym activities? It's definitely not compared to other sports. I don't think so. I was, I was, uh, I was on a really good, um, it was like an in-house kind of seminar top surgeons in the country, Michael Eames, um, one of the, what I believe, top physios in the country, uh, Linda, uh, from Room 1 Physio. Um, so they did like a shoulder uh, seminar and invited uh, the CrossFit affiliates in the country and a few of the coaches and a few of the top athletes. Um, I was there as demo girl because um, Linda's obviously seen me through shoulder surgery. Michael did my surgery. He also did Sam Briggs' surgery. Um, and we've all... Um, seen quite a few different injuries but uh, the best point that they both made was CrossFit doesn't cause typically doesn't cause injury it's a previous sport or previous um, like it could be your work or whatever that then when you start CrossFit it exposes um, an injury or a weakness um, that then people then start to blame CrossFit that CrossFit injured me um, but like if you're sitting, as me and Nikki have actually horrific posture right now sitting, um, which isn't really good for us going to do an open workout tomorrow, um, but us sitting like this now, so if someone's sitting on their desk for eight hours and then they go and snatch, you know, you've just gone from terribly internally routine shoulders to going into that snatch position. So, like, is that is that the cause? Is your work the cause or is CrossFit the cause? Um, so... Yeah, there's there's really two sides to it. I I believe, um, you know, I I obviously hurt my knee back in 2013 when I was racing in America. Um, didn't get looked at because you raced the quad bike, you just sat on the quad and went again. And I think my partner actually lifted me onto the quad for the last race. Um, but that's besides it. And then obviously in 2014 when I played a rugby match, obviously I absolutely self-destructed my knee. But was that the previous cause in 2013? And then rugby highlighted it. So was it rugby that caused the injury or was it the quad? You know, so, and it's the same from my my right shoulder surgery. I get come off the quad that many times and landed on my neck, shoulder, arm. You know, was there a weakness there? And then obviously whenever I snatched and did ring muscle-ups, did then, you know, so I think it's your previous, your previous sport can obviously have, a, have an effect or your previous lifestyle or your actual current lifestyle can have an effect and then um, CrossFit gets the bad name. Yeah, no, I love that and I would agree with that because from teaching classes, from teaching Pilates and stuff like that, a lot of people are sitting at a desk like a T-Rex all day. Yeah. Um, and so you can see it in their shoulders. They cut their hips are so tight. They, their ankles are so tight. And you, even I know someone, one of my clients has got carpal tunnel from using a mouse. So I have to get one of the massive mice that the, like the graphic designers use. Uh, yeah. And they've even messed up their hands that way from being locked in that position. It's it's yeah. it's mental. What about you, Mickey? Yeah, yeah well, uh, yeah, I'd 
agree with what Anna said there. You know, um, every sport, every sport has has an injury rate of some of some degree. You know, um, I I actually believe CrossFit would be one of the lower range ones based on you know you're moving mostly in a linear pattern compared to a lot of sports. You're moving side to side laterally and. The forces through the joints aren't as big. Like if you're running on a football field, you know, 20 mile an hour, and then all of a sudden change direction, the force through the joint is a lot more than, you know, moving through a two mile an hour squat. Even though the loading on your back still only 100 kilos, but the actual forces through the joints are a lot lower, you know, um, in the sport across it compared to, you know, field sports. And it's a it's a controlled environment as well. Uh, CrossFit, um, as, you know, like on a football field, it's not controlled. There's, you know, there's thirty people on a pitch at any given time, and as Mickey said, like it's the change of direction. Uh, someone could come, like I got whatever I got uh, my knee, I got tackled offside and got pulled down by my neck. But it's um, so like there was no control in that. Like at least CrossFit is controlled. It's there's an environment. You've got a coach there that's coaching you. There's typically anything between twelve to sixteen people in a class, so it's quite one. You know, it's small group training, um, and it's it's a safe environment. You know, you you or your coach determines the load based on your form. Um, so I think if anything, CrossFit is definitely safer. Um, than most sports because it, it's a controlled environment yeah no I love that answer particularly like last or last weekend there was the one of the rugby players in the final got knocked out in the first two or three minutes by stray elbow then Andre Gomez broke his ankle um, yeah like it, it's I like the way that you fact that it is like it's small classes because some people like sometimes it, they can be bigger classes In even in my place I'm in a commercial gym and they are bigger classes and it's difficult enough for one two PTs to be kind of looking for movement and stuff like that and then give everyone the attention so I like the way that you said it, it's smaller classes um, so what's coming up next for you guys for both of you guys LP150 first both yeah and then we're actually competing in strength and depth uh, on a team together so that's going to be that's going to be good the big dog's going to have to bring the heat we're going to get him we're going to get him at the boot camp here just after Christmas <laughs> and how are you yeah, it's going to be going to be really good fun in like a couple of months obviously we get to compete individually at Filthy 150 yeah. um, and it's nice obviously that we both are quite close and can support each other um, and then obviously being on a team for strength and depth with obviously one of our other good friends Army uh, we've competed three uh, two other times here a couple of times together and we've trained together loads of times so um, and then we've got a girl Jean from uh, JST she's been on the CrossFit Games team twice for them so we're kind of bringing her in as the experience um, and we'll just be our minions and she can keep us right <laughs> um, so uh, that's going to be it's going to be a fun couple of months um training for that and obviously we can push each other on and um, just be good, good atmosphere over the next couple of months and how are you going to manage the January rush in the gym Mickey uh, be grand M&M <laughs> <laughs> it's got it all under control <laughs> <laughs> no it should be okay yeah we've got it well under wraps now so um, yeah when is that end of January or start of January end of January yeah. end of January January uh, Jenny will keep me right in Emma so <laughs> <laughs> you're sort of all right <laughs> 
Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on. I know there was really big excitement on my Instagram when you guys shared it up again. So thank you so much for giving up your time and I wish you the best of luck with the, the open training and your season coming up. And I hope to see you in the, the games again next season. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, guys.